You can get them playing Donkey Kong Country now. It's on the SNES. Mm. On, the, on the Switch. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing that. Have you also tried, therefore, Natsumi Championship Wrestling? Yes, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I was like, how do you actually play this? It's it's like if Fire Pro and like Pro Wrestling for the NES had a baby and it came out wrong. Yeah, it wow. was just like, I'm, there, I'm just there kind of going, I'm pushing the buttons, uh-huh. not doing anything. It's like, how did I Irish whip him? I don't know. What am I doing now? Oh, I've lost. The moment like, oh. Stan Hansen is battering me senseless. <laughs> It's like some kind of fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. So, Speaking of Stan Hansen, did anyone see the picture of Ray Mysterio in his eye? Welcome to the Conquistadors. Tonight, the Conquistadors are here to discuss... The things they love but you hate about professional wrestling. And then what you love but they hate. It makes sense in the show. Stepping into the ring tonight. The Elite Cameron Phillips. Boom Boom Phil Doyle. The ultraviolet icon Ewan Taylor. And Jordi Allen Milburn. Only tonight on The Conquistable. Uh, August? Mid-August. Oh, no, England, in England, it's um, September. I think. Oh, well, does Premier League start? Yeah. The Premiership starts, what, August, Cam? Um, no, August 1st. Yeah. Well, to give you an exact, for me, the Scottish Premiership starts <laughs> at quarter past 12 on October the 1st. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, would I kill you, Gladys? I don't remember. At Pitodri. Oh, lovely. What a nice, yeah, nice what opening, a lovely game that opening is. game of the season that's going to be. Against your bestest pals. That are Our bestest pals, the sheep fuckers. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's accurate, though. No, we've got. Um, oh, fucking hell. What are we at Hibs? Wonderful. Oh, lovely. Yay. <laughs> you get to go to Junkieville. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sunshine on leaf and brown powder. What a, what a what a lovely look into the Scottish footballing game here. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Welcome yeah, to the Scottish yeah. football club, yeah. This is the Premiership as well. We've not even got into like the depths of League Two yet. Depths <laughs> of hell. And an athletic versus Brecon. <laughs> Bring your own share. Yep. They'd always Bring be like on Grandstand where the, the you know, the League of the South or whatever, Queen of the South four or whatever, you know, be like, who the hell is what what kind of place is that? It sounds magical. <laughs> Yeah, that's the team that play it. Um, Hamden in front of eight people and a stray dog <laughs> that keeps turning up. No, that's that's Queen's, Queen's, oh, Queen's Park. Park sorry, Queen's Park. Sorry, sorry. Queen of the South. What, what, what are we saying about Queen of the South? Uh, Queen of the South. Bearing in mind, I was born in Dumfries. <laughs> you all fuck your sister. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Why is Nal oh. on this call? He is, isn't he? I'm just. Is this four four? I'm just listening to all this fantastic <laughs> Hello, Al. How are you? I've been listening to, to, to RPGs and Queen of the South and whatever <laughs> the crap you want to spurt out. There you go. Uh, wonderful. Fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> well, that's the edge taken care of. So that's, yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah. That's the pre-credit sequence one out. Boom, done. <laughs> Is my Skype recorder actually recording anything? Yes. Mine looks good because I reinstalled it. Yes. Yay. Boys. Yes. You know what? 
This is the first podcast I've recorded in my 40s. Hooray! Have that. I keep forgetting I'm not the oldest on this podcast. Nope. <laughs> Granddad I'll, Phil takes the crown. Granddad I'll be, Phil. I'll be 40 in two months. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I got the youngest here, am I not? Uh, yeah, I think you are, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. Age, age will get you eventually, Ewan. There's no escape. Well, age doesn't get me my health well, so, you know, one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. One of the two. One of the two. So have you noticed anything Fine. change uh, since you hit 40 then, Phil? Um, yes. Um, you know, it's like um, like in The Last Crusade and the guy drinks out of the wrong grail. Uh, <laughs> and okay. just withers to dust overnight. That was it. As soon as it hit midnight, I was like a skeleton. Nice. You're doing well for it by the sounds. Yeah. Thanks. It's like, Holy you know, they just... shit. Sorry. I... Quickly what? going back to Scottish football land, have you seen what who is sponsoring the Challenge Cup in their cab? Uh, it's um, the Tunnock's Wafers, is it no? Yeah, it's the Tunnock's Caramel <laughs> Wafer <laughs> Challenge Cup. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. That was That's... the same last season. Was it? Yeah. How the hell did the... you not know that? The tastiest cup in the land. The trophy better be just like a giant Tunnock's. <laughs> That's a giant tea like, cake. Like giant three foot wide. But they fill the trophy with tea at the end and they all have tea cake around it. <laughs> That's how you That's do sport. You That's yeah, how you do it. That was a tangent and a half. So, Phil, B40, how depressing is it? Um, it's, it's no more depressing than the rest of the year, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. So, like this year, I've had a pandemic. I'm uh-huh. 40. And I'll have been in my job for 10 years in November. Oof. It's just like... Poof, poof, poof. I'm just miming punches to the face there. Did anything good happen on your 40th birthday? Oh, yeah, I had a lovely day, actually. Um, see, because the cinemas were supposed to open on the Friday, but they didn't because they pushed everything back. Uh-huh. So we went to the mother-in-law's and, you know, socially distancing appropriately. And uh, they got me a projector for my birthday and they sit up in the garden inside, um, um, what's it called, you know? Gazebo? Yeah, gazebo. It's like a little cinema for me. Oh, oh, nice! So the, so the screen, the key with the screen, started to set up in there. I had like the deck chairs in there to to sit on, sweets and popcorn and stuff. I had like a little cinema on my birthday. It was magical. It was brilliant. What you watch? Um, we watched Star Wars: uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Because that would have actually, I think, been in the cinema because the cinema was re-releasing it because it's forty years, forty years old yep. this year. Um, and then the internet crapped out, and I had to stop. I had to watch something else. So. <laughs> oh. That's a shame. But it was real nice. It was real nice. So I got some new Bluetooth okay. headphones. Oh. That I'm wearing right now. Alright. Uh, yeah, I got a Mets little mini baseball bat and all kinds hey, of stuff. Was, I saw the bat. photo of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did as little, well. little Mr. Met, little pop yes, of him. Was, I am very jealous of that. I want that Mr. Met. <laughs> no, you can't have it. He's mine. Oh. Um, so yeah, I had a lovely time. Uh, I had a big banner and all balloons in the front room when I came downstairs on my birthday day, so it was lovely. Uh, but Sweet. but you know nature's done with me now. I'm just a husk waiting to die. Well, hi. <laughs> I you mean, know. aren't we all husks? I, mean, I don't want to bring the, the, the don't bring the mood down, but it's just you know I'm on the path to death now. Is it just downhill now? About just downhill about now. All this to look forward to next yeah. March. Yeah, essentially. All yeah. to look forward to in September. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Obvious question because people always ask. Uh, huh? Alan, have you had your tea? <laughs> Yep, I've literally just finished it. What okay. was it? What was it tonight? Are we going to play the L game? Do you want to guess? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, all right, okay. Uh, I'm going to go pizza. 
I was going to say that. You said pizza last time. Did I? Yes. Okay. Right, so last time, I believe it was a microwave roast dinner, wasn't it? It was yes. a microwave Sunday oh, roast dinner. That one was, yes. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in that genre of microwave okay. dinners, but I'm going to go to a microwave all-day breakfast. No, no, I've, I've had that in the past, but no, not tonight. Okay. Oh. I'm going to say an oven lasagna. Ooh. No, no, I've had that in the past as well, but no, oh, no. Okay, what was it? It was pasty chips and beans. Oh, wow. Oh. Right. Cornish, Cornish pasty? Uh, chicken and mushroom pasty. It was nice. Ah, yeah. I, I must nice. admit, I ventured off to the pub today. <laughs> oh, no. Which Kill one? Kills the The one just down the road. Uh, join us uh, by Sainsbury's. Oh, I was going to say, because about four pubs have had to bloody shut now in Carlo. Not yeah. out the one of them. I tried to go the safest option. To be fair... I was sitting right on my own on the other side of the bar with no one around me, so I'd be very surprised if anything. Al, Al, yeah. what changed? <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Oh. I know, sorry. Uh, I mean, it's accurate, but it's harsh. I had a few pints and I got a bit drunk and I've had a sleep and I'm still not completely sober. But anyway. Nice. Awesome. Nice. So Alan is half cut and uh, chicken and mushroomed up. Nice. Just to continue the the uh, pasty chat for a second, um, I think a while ago I bought one of the Ginsters uh, Moroccan vegan paste uh, pasties, and they were really nice. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't rate from, Ginsters from stuff. I did, but it was a pound, and I was hungry at lunchtime at work. Ginsters just reminds me of like shitty like service station. Yeah. I was going to say the only time <laughs> in my life I've ever had a Ginsters is in motorway service stations. Yeah. When the Burger King shut or the queue's too big, you can't be yeah, off. Yeah, like, you can't be bothered. I'm not going to argue that opinion, but this Moroccan one, Moroccan vegan one, was real nice. What, what was it made of? What was the the meat substitute? Um, it was Moroccan, Moroccan vegan stuff. <laughs> so this is a new genre of Moroccan was vegan it, stuff. Was it made from Moroccan vegans? Yes. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just Google it. Hang on, here we go. Ginsters Moroccan pasty. Uh, That's about Moroccan, apparently. Oh, here we go. Butternut squash, chickpeas, apricots, dates, red picante pepper in a red chalisa and Moroccan camola sauce with potato, onion, tomato and spring onion wrapped in a tight puff pastry. So basically the entire vegetable section stuffed in a yeah. vegan pasty. Yeah. All right. Yeah, wow. It was nice. I had a good, I had a good time. Moroccan, a Moroccan pastry from a Cornish company. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. That's just, you but know. you know, I'm, I'm easily entranced by cheap deals at lunchtime. What can I say? Oh, easily entranced by cheap things. That's, that says a lot. I didn't say <clears> cheap <throat> things. I said cheap deals at lunchtime. Ah, uh, okay, whatever. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, is that the intro sort of then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we had Al's gonna... dinner. We had foot, Scottish football. We had pasty, uh, pasty chat. Yep. I think that's it, isn't it? Well, I was going to ask um, how you all cooked bacon. In the oh, oven. In the oven, yeah. In the oven? Yeah. yeah. I see. Fry mine. Al? Um, I don't know. My friend makes my... 
That's the best answer I've ever heard for that question. I can't. How do you, how do you counter that? How, by, by friend, do you mean your house servant or something? Or? No, 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 my Irish friend. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> it just appears out the kitchen in a sandwich. I'm like, wow, that's yeah. incredible, isn't it? And does yeah. it appear out of her kitchen as well in a sandwich? Yes. Wow. No, uh, I um, the, in the uh, oven on, on some foil for about yeah. you know twenty minutes or so. Yeah. 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 Comes Basically, out beautifully cooked. Full in. Full in the bin. Job done. There was a, there was like a thing I've just clicked on just now. Like, well, before we started recording this, that just you know those things like you've been cooking bacon wrong all your life. Yeah, and I was like, "Go on, then I'll have a click of that." And I read it, and it was this long, long, long spiel about, "Oh, there's this chef, and he's got these restaurants, and he cooks for the Queen, and la 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 la, and la la." la. Wow. And we've been cooking bacon all wrong all our life, and all it said was, "Make sure the pan is hot." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good cold bacon sandwich. That's be yeah. yeah, I love a good oh, raw bacon. Well, apparently, yeah. the, it's like people just put it on like a medium heat and then slowly cook it, and that's oh, rubbish. That's you want to be ham. You might just no, go get cooked ham at the fridge and slap that in a roll and be like done with it yeah but this and i'm just sitting there reading it going i've i've done that annoying thing i've just been trolled into clicking this and this <laughs> useless information i had in my life and i just thought i was being odd i've always done that right i think i've been on this call 20 minutes and we've not mentioned wrestling once are you surprised <laughs> this is yeah. important bacon chat al come on oh, oh sorry Anyway, yeah, well, we'll crack on with the rest one. It's just, you know, enough bacon, Moroccan pasties, Scottish football. All <laughs> being dead. That'll be the um, like the uh, uh, cover thing on Facebook for the week when I put the episode be against his pasty at the top. Not a picture of a wrestler or anything. <laughs> episode 34, pasty chat. Pasty Boom. gate 2020. Pasty gate, wonderful, wonderful. So... <laughs> This is a round table, isn't it? Oh, Jesus yes. Christ, yes. It is. Well, we might as well just jump in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Because yeah, we've been um, so organised so far. We've been so organised so far. <laughs> who, came up with, who came up with this idea to do? I think yeah. this was like... I think we all kind of came to this conclusion through a chat on the Slack and I think the off show. Cause it, this, this topic went through a couple of evolutions before we reached where we are now. Hmm. Uh-huh. But um, the topic this this time around on the round table is things in wrestling you hate but everyone loves and the opposite things in wrestling you love but everyone hates which is brilliant yes why have we done this one before okay so how are we organize are we all going to go around with the things we love <laughs> and then go around again with the things we hate or are we all going to go around individually yes yes i would yeah, yeah, do yeah, all okay. the, do all the, so, should you do the hate first and then do the love blast? I was so going to say, should yeah. we do the hate first and then yeah, get out of the way and then get out of the system? End on a positive. End with some love, boys. Why? <laughs> end with a cuddle. That was how I, that, well, that's, that's how I like to end things. I start <laughs> with one. You start with well. Sometimes they start with that and sometimes they end with that as well, Ewan. As long as there's a cuddle in there somewhere, you know. Yeah, as long as there's a cuddle in there somewhere. Well, there's, well there has to be sort of some kind of close proximity at some stage. <laughs> a proper socially distanced cuddle it's fine I just yeah. add it to the room and just throw it when I'm done you know what I have no clue what we're talking about right now That's but I know it's not good Al what do you hate in wrestling everyone loves go oh I don't want to start something else just does oh for crying out loud Cameron <laughs> go Right, oh God, okay. save this show I'm going to save this show right and here's the thing um, I, had, <laughs> I, I, I kind of like got this part of the Roundtable, invite the sort of thing you hate but everyone else loves 
it's more I think hate's probably a strong word Just but like it's it. more it's more yeah it's more the kind of thing that I don't get this set of wrestlers and I've, I, I seem to be like the only one on earth that doesn't and I'll have to whisper it and um, because I feel that like I might get bombarded but I don't get the young bucks When we have that in the podcast in the edit, I'll do like a dun 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 underneath it. <laughs> Fair enough. Carry on. But I just, I do not understand the appeal behind the Young Bucks. Every That's single that. Young, every single Young Bucks match I've seen follows pretty much the same formula. They kind of get leathered for a little bit, and then they always come back and looking, you know, not selling any injuries at all. And then they spring up with like an indie taker or something like that, or a Meltzer driver, and then that's it. And I just find they are come ac- as characters. They come across as the really, really annoying bastards in the classroom that you just wanted to slap, but for some reason they're popular and they're supposed to be faces. And I just I don't understand them. If anyone can explain to me why the young bucks are a thing. So you- have you always had that opinion back when, like, the pre-AEW, you know, back when they were, like, in the Bullet Club and that sort of period before they kind of yeah, brought up as themselves? I always thought when you watched the Bullet Club stuff, they were just, like, this scraggy little gets just kind of going, yeah, you're going to fight him, you're going to fight him, yeah, yeah, you're going to fight him, yeah, yeah, well, we won't, kind of thing. I just, and, like, for some reason they're getting cheered for that, and I'm just like, I don't know, and I just... And they're always like going to this. You have to watch their, you know, YouTube show to understand their promos, understand what the hell they're going on about. Like, no, no, I don't. I don't want to watch your YouTube show. I don't want to watch Be the Elite. Thanks. Cheers. I just want to watch a decent wrestling match with a tag team that'll actually sell. They're essentially wimpish road warriors. They sell nothing. <laughs> what a description. Never heard. And that's. And then for some reason, it's like, oh, they always just come back and win anyway. And I'm just like, no, I don't. I, I just don't understand them. I find them really annoying. Not in a kind of heelish way, because as I say, for some reason, they're supposed to be he- the faces and all this. But I just want them to go away, thanks. Would you like them more or less if they played up the heel aspect? Like, if they were heels, would they be more acceptable? Oh, if they, if they were, like, outright heels and you're supposed yeah. to do them, then, yeah, they'd make total sense. Okay. Because they are mm-hmm. that little kind of, like, I just look at them and want to slap them. Yeah. What? Well, like, it wasn't like three, four years ago they were heels, weren't they? Uh, they did do a heel turn in PWG for a little while, but they they eventually turned face again because I don't think they can play heel very well. I remember them like there's a video of them super kicking a kid. Which well, yeah, just made me laugh hysterically. <laughs> like it was so funny. Um, uh, but yeah, I think like I remember them being like because the Bullet Club initially were heels. Well, so they were heels in Japan, but they just got over everywhere else. If I remember right, they were they were like the NWO kind of like cool heel thing of like yeah. You know, as soon as as soon as you have a group that can like wander around a federation, do whatever we do, whatever we want, 
then that means they're kind of like become sort of unpredictable and they become mm. sort of exciting to watch and then they automatically kind of become faces. So the yeah. Bullet Club for me had that kind of NWO thing. Well, they, obviously they did anyway, we've been sort of black and white t-shirts and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. But um, they had that kind of annoying thing of you're supposed to be booed at the building, yet people are buying your t-shirts. Mm. And it yeah. doesn't quite sit right. So yeah, they were part of that. And it's, I say, I just don't understand them. All I don't right. understand them. I I did get you know the elite etc at first, but to me now it's gone on too long, been the exact same thing as you said over and over again, and you know I don't I don't want I don't watch AEW I don't really follow what they're doing much anymore, but whenever I see like a tweet or I see a gif or whatever, it's the same shit they've been doing for the best part of what, six years. Yeah. There's been no evolution. It's just, they've changed what letters of the tag belts that they're going for or whatever. It, to me, it just seems to be they found a gimmick. They're happy with it. They ain't going to evolve it or do anything risky with it because why would you give up that sweet, sweet March money? Mm. But it, they've, they've become one-dimensional and really stale, in my opinion, anyway. So I don't think that's a controversial thing to say, just like the Young Bucks. I know plenty of people that don't like them, and I, I completely get that, but I can also see the other side as well, why people do enjoy them, because they are gigantic dicks. But if you're that much of a dick, really, should you be a face? I don't think so. That would be my point. That'd be my point. Yeah. You shouldn't be a face. I'm not. I have a big problem with cool heels, mm. for that reason. Yeah, but okay. yeah, that 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 would be mine anyway. Okay, I find that like I'm pretty okay with them. Like I quite like them, but then I don't think I really watched them much before. Like I was aware of them in like the Bullet Club and PWG and that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't wasn't going out the way to watch their matches. It's only really like in the last eighteen months, I suppose, I was kind of properly started watching them. So I haven't, I haven't been overexposed. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I quite, I really like Beating Link, actually. I think some parts of it are really funny. Not necessarily their bits, just the entire vibe of the show, which we'll come back to probably later on, actually, a little bit. Um, but yeah, and I quite enjoy, like, um, when... Yeah, I think it depends on who they're, who they're in the ring with. Like, their match recently, like, the... Was it a fighter Fest there? One they had with the um, FTR and... Oh, yeah. The Lucha Brothers and Butch and the Blade. That was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Um, but then that's because it was like a good mixture of characters and they kind of mixed things up a little bit with, you know, everyone expected them to be feuding with FTI. Then they kind of, they're kind of like pals, but they're kind of not a little bit. You know, it's that kind of shaky friendship um, thing, which was quite good in the match. So yeah, I think I, I don't, I've got no kind of negative feelings towards the mobile at the moment. <laughs> but in like a year or so, that might change. Who knows? But I think it's because yeah. I've been I've not been overexposed to him. I don't think so. Well, well, I've never seen him in my life. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> there well, you go. Alan, we, uh, I'm half tempted now to just send Alan a YouTube link for a Young Bucks match, and then because he obviously <laughs> won't be exposed to it at all beforehand. Yeah. See what he reckons. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I obviously I watch New Japan quite religiously, so I've seen when they first appeared through to them sort of becoming 
the leaders of the Bullet Club, then becoming the elite, and then eventually leaving to go to AEW, to create AEW. So to me, I, I think I am in the camp of I've seen the same thing too many times. So unless they do something different or freshen up a little bit, I don't I don't see myself coming around to join them to level somebody like maybe yourself, Phil, who's maybe not had years of exposure to them like myself hmm. and Cam might have to somebody who's never seen them before I can completely get why you think they are the greatest thing ever because compared to what you're seeing perhaps with WWE or maybe other indie stuff you've seen they do have something unique but the problem is that uniqueness is lost if you've watched them longer than a year hmm okay. that's probably maybe fair. That's, that's probably maybe fair. that's just it then maybe I've just seen a bit too much of them in the build up hmm. well I'll, I'll might do my next it might kind of feeds on from that Okay. But I'm not sure if it does. Um, the thing I kind of hate most that I think people love about wrestling because it seems to be what drives a lot of the culture around the websites and stuff is the the kind of spoiler culture around wrestling where everything needs to be known straight away, if not before the actual events happened. And I find it gets in, in the way of the enjoyment of the shows, for me at least. In, in what respect? Have you got an example of what, what you mean? Um, I don't really got an example, but it's like how, you know, in the lead up to like a Royal Rumble, it's always trying to find out who the, you know, the, everyone's trying to find out who the surprise entrants are. They're, they're always trying oh, to, like, okay. you know, uh, this person's turned up, this person's turned up. I'd rather, like, no, I'd rather, like, I suppose the example there is like when Edge was in last year's Royal Rumble, like they kept that so hidden. So when he turned up, it was like an amazing surprise. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Go back a couple of years when AJ turned up, everybody pretty much knew AJ was going to be there. Yeah. So when he turned up, he's like, oh, cool, yeah, it's AJ. Uh, while they'd be like, holy crap, look, what? Sort of moment, think, you know? Well, yeah, you mean in like the fact, I was going to say, because AJ wasn't confirmed as being in the WWE, but he was a free agent at the time. It was confirmed yeah. he'd, left, he'd left New Japan after Wrestle Kingdom on yeah. the 4th of January. Um, I th- but he, he wasn't like a definitely in for the Royal Rumble. No. Um, because they still had to hide him. Was it was it AJ Styles that not like pretended to be part of the production crew? Yeah, he basically was in the, the production crew. in the building. Yeah, yeah, they had like a cap on and the, the production crew like luminous vest on and all this kind of stuff just to get him yeah. in the building. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it, it, is it something that's more prevalent now with spoiler culture that they're actually having a pre-tape raw? I would have thought so because remember was, there was a, the. Um... The end of NXT last week was spoiled. Well, there was a wrestler that posted an Instagram post by mistake, didn't he? <laughs> yes, we saw, I saw that. We saw like, who won the uh, the um, end of the who won the NXT championship at the end of the matches and stuff. But it's that it's that drive to like it's also like I think I find WWE does this a lot as well with the documentaries. They're they're like doing documentaries about stuff before it's had chance to become a moment. Um, like you know, they kind of go back and I'll do stuff about you know uh, Austin's three sixteen promo or some kind of you know, the King of the Ring stuff. Stuff that's had like chance to become like iconic in the in the in the sport in the sport. Like a week after something happens, they'll be like, right, uh, here's the background. Here's like the background show behind you know that day, or whatever. And it's like stuff just needs time to breathe and become a moment before it, before it needs to be kind of taken apart and cut to shreds. It's like you know yeah. they have camera like again back to the edge stuff that the, the Although I'm kind of like going to contradict myself here, like the documentary they did about it was amazing. About you know that one about Edge coming back to the ring was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But did it need to be out like a week after he comes back from the Royal Rumble? You know yeah, I, mean? I I know what you mean because it, it's used as a tool to promote Edge being back. Yeah, 
as yeah. opposed to just being a document of his time coming back. Yeah, it needs to be like yeah. you know, like a year or so later. Yeah, fair enough. But it's like they're trying to drive the like the background stuff because you know kayfabe's dead, and that's pretty much clear, isn't it? There is no hardly any kayfabe anymore, unless you're like Bray Wyatt or Chris Jericho last year when he was a heel in WWF or something. You know, it's very rare that someone will fully commit to kayfabe. So they're all like. It seems like as soon as the show's done, they're already putting out the background, you know, the, the behind the scenes documentary about the about the event straight away. And it's like, no, I just want, I'd rather us decide what moments become iconic and need to be looked at and talked about in the future, rather than being defined by the company straight away. Yeah, because almost by the company defining themselves, it, it feels fake and manufactured yeah. and makes the manufactured, whole experience the word, yeah. that it makes well, the whole experience almost false. The, yeah. the, the try and like manufacture WrestleMania moment, don't they? Like. The one, mm-hmm. one of the recent ones I never liked was Shane diving off the Hell in a Cell. Oh, mm. yeah. It's been done before. Foley did it and made it iconic. But there you go, just trying to trying to manufacture a moment that didn't need to be there because the match itself didn't need to be there because yeah. we all <laughs> fucking terrible. Yeah. It's, it's just trying to manufacture something that people will go, oh, my, Jim Ross could go, oh, my God, oh, my God, in front of that, oh, my God, you know, that's yeah. all uh-huh. And then, like the next day on the network, they'll have like the you know the WWE 24 episode of Shane McMahon on the day, kind of preparing for it and stuff. And it's like I don't always need to see the behind the scenes stuff. I just need the show to be good and enjoy it. Uh-huh. And then you know, eighteen months in two years' time, then we can kind of go look back at it and we go, once we kind of go, geez, wasn't that really good? Yeah, it was. Here's the thing about you know, how we did it, sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it all just kind of like the idea of like spoiling the how things are done like that quickly is kind of a bit frustrating. It's not frustrating. It's just like, can we just enjoy it? You know I what I mean? I think that also goes back to the fact that these, these moments that we're talking about earlier in the 316 promo, this was back in the era where the pay-per-view was your one shot to get something out there. Whereas now hmm. it's almost, I mean, WWE are now running what they now call special events. That's how, you know, deducted they are now of any sort of real meaning but they feel the need to produce something every two weeks that has that one gotcha moment whereas before you perhaps got an entire year but then you get that one moment that yeah. sticks it above all else whereas now you've been fed moment after moment after moment and eventually they all just become the same they all yeah. don't the thing kind of becomes it all, the, the, the organicness of it is lost isn't it yeah of things kind of brewing up and it, like, very rarely like you know Daniel Bryan was like an organic thing when he kind of came up, yeah. you know, around WrestleMania 30 time. But the, the, that was probably more, it became a corporate thing, obviously, but I think it, the start of it was organic sort of thing. So, yeah, it's just like, I don't need wrestling to be dissected quite as quickly as it is. I'd rather kind of be able to enjoy it for mm. for the for the moment of the show. And then, you know, we'll talk about it on the podcast in like, you know, three, four years time. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know? That's sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I get that. But it feels like everybody else must love it because, you know, there's obviously so many websites that live and breathe based off that kind of thing. You know, the the behind the scene rumors, the uh, shoot interviews, all that kind of stuff of things that happen. Like, you know, not stuff like you know shoot uh, shooting is probably a separate thing because you know a lot of the time there you know they are like ten years stuff in the past which we should be talking about. Um, but it's more the kind of thing like the culture behind wrestling always seems to be like, I want to know what what's going to happen straight away before it's actually happened. And it's like, just enjoy the, just enjoy the moment, just live in the moment and enjoy it sort of thing. So I think that whole comes from the fact that, you know, their pay-per-views are, you know, sometimes you're talking about, you know, maybe you're talking late 
34 95 let's say you want to know before you plump down that money whether or not that show's going to be any good so it's if you're that it. bothered you're going to seek out the information and to be honest a lot of the websites out there are basically just cut and pasting what's in the wrestling observer newsletter let's be honest mm. so the fact that they're there I, I get why people like them i'm one of them i do i do like knowing some inner workings of things but that's only yeah. because i want to know whether or not it's worth giving my time because i've got limited time i could spend watching yeah, something no, so I, I, want, in that. I want to make sure that i'm not committing or giving anything financially to something that i'm gonna hate but yeah. I, I feel having watched wrestling for over 20 years now I've kind of got a good idea of that myself now when I see something I see you look matches at the just laid out I look at the card and go is that worth £20 or is that worth yeah. £10 or whatever it is and I can pretty much yeah. tell from what's there and perhaps a little <clears throat> bit of promo whether or not yeah. I, mean, I that, want to plug down for that like the card should be what drives you to watch the show and the people that yeah. are in it and the feuds or whatever that should be what drives you to buy it not, not being able to find out the results or whatever I don't know. It's well, just like I'd rather just be able to enjoy the the the, the shows in, in for their own, you know, or the, the so they can stand on their own and just you know we can enjoy them on that kind of basis. So yeah, oh, okay. Is Al- Alan ready to go? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, if you want me to go, I'll go. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Get some more on. beers in him first. Well, well, no, I've had enough. This this is right. I watched this storyline as a child. Well, see, not not quite child, sorry, teenager. And I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. But everyone else loved it. And I want to tell you what it is. It was Austin versus McMahon. Oh! Whoa! And sorry. That's the hottest of hot takes. I just thought it was the fucking stupidest thing I'd ever watched in my life, right? Okay. I mean, bear in mind, I, I, I love the old school. I love the 80s, the Hogan era, and all the rest. Of it. When no. Was a, when it was a sport, right? Or portrayed as a sport anyway, right? So here we go, here we go. It's like, oh, Austin, I don't want you to come here, Austin. I heard you, Austin, right? So I'm like, okay. And Austin was like, you know, oh, here he is. Oh, look, he's pouring cement in Vince McMahon's car, right? Oh, after that, here, Joe, after that, here. It's like, okay, well, you know what? Just fire him. Just fire him. You've got fucking video evidence of him destroying your car. Take that to the police. He's then in prison. There you go, problem solved. But you know what? He's back next week doing some other shenanigans, isn't he? You know, <laughs> you know oh, what? Oh, look, he's, he's back of me in here now. Oh, Austin, oh, I hate you, Austin. Well, you know what? Just, just fucking pay up to sit at home then. Just, just do something. No, 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 but then again, he's there again next week. Oh, he's fought security. He's beating up the security team. Arrest him again. I mean, Austin must have a charge sheet. Lock, you know, he should be fucking doing life in prison roundabout now, right? <laughs> you know what? I, 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 completely, I completely get why you'd say that. I mean, that, that's, it is a, it's a, considering it is one of the greatest feuds in wrestling history, I, I get why people would dislike it as well, because logically it makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I just thought it was absolutely, sh- I mean, it didn't, for me, it didn't help that man not being a wrestler. I thought that was, mm. that, you know, but I know okay. it got them, you know, it got, it got casuals watching. I don't think it's a wrestling storyline. It's more of a soap opera storyline and it got all the casuals watching for the attitude here, right? But every week I was just like, let's just say I'm old fucking crap. 
Uh, McMahon says he'll never get me, Austin. And by the end of the show, he's either making McMahon piss himself, destroying his property, he's doing something. It's just a storyline every single week. But like, never get me, Austin. You never get me. And then, and then this is quite funny. I compared it at the time when Newcastle United, right? Because we had we had Rude Hullet as a manager, and Alan Shearer hated him. You know, it was a big rift. He hated him. And um, Rude Hullet knew that he couldn't punish Shearer because Shearer's the star. So he went for Shearer's best mate, Rob Lee, who was, at the time, still a very, very good player. But he made him play in the reserves and stuff like that to get a Shearer. He, he stripped him of his squad number and made him get in the uh, reserves to try and punish Shearer. Well, you can just imagine on the news, there's Shearer with a cement mixer, pouring, pouring cement <laughs> Yeah, he's right. Right, right. Well, if this is not the highlight, I, I don't know what else I can tell you. <laughs> so you're telling me you'd want to see Stone Cold Alan Shearer pouring concrete into Mr. Hullet's Corvette? And then, and then Monday morning, they just turn up a trainer like nothing's happening. Right? <laughs> like, you know? Oh, 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 Alan, you destroyed me car, but don't worry, you're sitting on the bench on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining like the sound like Rude Hullet speaking in a meeting on a microphone to like you know the, the board at Newcastle and then all of a sudden like there's a glass shattering sound effect and instead of Stone Cold theme it just goes with a brown ale truck outside that's a photoshop if you want to see a load of can of whoop ass on Rude Hullet give me a YI and then it's reported on Look North masked men have robbed Alan Shearer's grandma oh my god oh my god and then all of a sudden he pulls the mask off it was me Shearer it was me all along so he couldn't disguise Rude Hulley you'd be able to see his dreadlocks through the top of the hood it was me Shearer it was me all along Rude Hulley and the Undertaker stopping Shearer to across in the middle of the stadium raising them up to the roof he's got them strapped to the goalposts in here you know? <laughs> oh, oh man well last month we had we had um, if Robocop was one of the bushwhackers this month Stone Cold Alan Shearer Stone what Cold next Alan Shearer. well I did I think I think the, the cells realised it was stupid because later on <sighs> in the storylines somebody like somebody would take Austin's side who had power like Commissioner Michaels would take Austin's side or Linda McMahon would take Austin's side you know, they kind of make it a reason why he was actually still with the company. Like uh, Commissioner <laughs> Lineker, would like, let him carry on playing? <laughs> For the first year it was, it was just like every week was just like, oh, I heard you watched it. It's like, well, just sack him. You're the boss, just sack him. Just tell him he can't come back anymore. You know, having having watched... In the building every week. Having watched the pay-per-views from this time for the blog... Uh, I can say that I'm currently on fully loaded 1999. Oh, okay. And they're still banging on about Austin versus McMahon. Yeah. All, over a year after it started. <laughs> but but now it's Austin versus McMahon uh, via Undertaker. <laughs> via Undertaker, yeah. But it's also been like Austin McMahon via Big Show, and we've had Austin McMahon via Dude Love. Yeah. Via Austin, Austin McMahon via The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> 
kind of thing. So I can appreciate what Al's saying, the fact that I am kind of... If you consider that the Austin McMahon thing probably kicked off the night after WrestleMania 14, or maybe yeah. just before with the Mike Tyson pull-apart brawl type thing, and you got that I'm now in sort of July 99, and it's still going on. Mm. And it's just, yeah, I can kind of see what Al means by that, yeah. But Jim Ross is on commentary going, oh, everyone would like to do this, tell our own boss and stuff like that. It's like, maybe they would, but there's a reason they don't, and that's because we're getting free. <laughs> <laughs> it's the basic rule yeah. of the land, isn't it? Basic rule of law. You don't go around slapping people, destroying, destroying property. But I just, I did, I just thought it, it stretched. I know wrestling that, like, you know, you need the kayfabe and all the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. To me, it just stretched it so far, like, why is this guy just keep them hanging around and there's no storyline reason if he hates him so much and he destroys his property every week why on earth would you just let him turn up and raw every week it just doesn't make any sense let's know? cast this contract there you go oh. I'll get paid anymore yeah don't pay him yes you know it's like <laughs> oh, I'm going to pay you every week to come and destroy you and beat up my son and call me names <laughs> make me piss me pants <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I know. I know you can say like it, it, they incorporated in later on that it was right ratings and stuff all that. They wanted them. They didn't want them going to WCW or they didn't use that words. But like they wanted to just keep them under contract and not use them and stuff. That was a storyline very briefly, which kind of made more sense. But no, for the start, it was the very start of it. The first, I don't know, six months. Yeah, you just used to turn up on Raw every week and and do stupid things and yeah, you know, no no consequences at all. Just do what you want, Austin. There's no consequences. There's no storyline like like writing them out or making it make sense. But no, do what you want. And it's like, and the fact that videotaped it was even worse. It was like it wasn't even like it wasn't even like it might be Austin, you know, or somebody's like vandalized McMahon's car, but we don't. Like know he who ran it. over Austin. No. We don't know who it is at all. Yeah, no, no. They would just tape him, tape him, him doing it, like spawn cement and stuff in. It's like, well. <laughs> There you go, just take it to the police. He's done. He's, he's in prison for three years. There you go. Time he gets out, problem solved. <laughs> so anyway, that's my little rant over. But yeah. That is... That, that is... frustrated every single week with it. That is quite literally the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because I can, I can completely see that side of the argument. It makes complete sense. Yeah. I'm just stuck on Alan Shearer with a new, Newcastle Brown L truck just hosing so like, that's, that's, that's where I'm still going back to, yeah. <laughs> with, I'm not the... sure who, who the Pat Patterson person would there be. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of the assistant manager was back then, but. <laughs> um, oh, God, I don't know who. who I don't, it's just not like... Was it John? Uh, no, it wasn't John Carver, I don't think. No, <laughs> I, I don't know who it was. It was Alan Carver. Was Alan Carver? No, I think I got the name wrong. Somebody Carr, I think it was. For Not the, Alan Carr being the assistant manager. Yeah, of yeah, no, 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 surely. <laughs> Somebody Carr, I'm sure, was the assistant manager of Newcastle. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah. Well, <sighs> I don't a... know how I'm going to follow that. <laughs> Good luck. I, I don't think I can, to be honest. I'm going to try. So the thing in wrestling that really, really, really gets on my nerves and I just hate but people seem to like it, is fans in the arena trying to get themselves over start or just starting chants, and in particular, football-style chants at wrestling shows. Stop doing it. You are not smart. You are not clever. You are there to watch the show. Just react like a normal crowd, please. It's not hard. 
I think there was a small window when it was good, but it very quickly got old. It's it's so old, and I, I, I literally turned on a WXW show fairly recently to watch it, and I had to turn it off because literally within the first 10 seconds of the opening match, it was literally a chant that went on for about 10 minutes. I just was like, no, I can't, <laughs> like, I nah. can't do this. This is just no. I understand being enthusiastic in a crowd. I've been enthusiastic in plenty of wrestling crowds, but I'm not acting like a twat, essentially, to try to get myself over look cool in front of my friends, etc., etc. I am appreciating what I'm seeing in the ring. I'm appreciating what the, the people out there risking their lives are doing. I'm not there to start a stupid wee chant about wee Jimmy fucking a dog or whatever it is. <laughs> Well, it, it was them shows after WrestleMania in the, in, in the recent years. Oh, it? yeah. There was that was one a... where they were chanting for Benoit and stuff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, just that, that kind of thing. It's just like, I get people are excited. Of course they're excited. They're watching whatever it is. But I just maybe this is just me because I've become, a, you know, a grumpier person in general. And I don't watch a lot of American slash UK wrestling anymore to be honest I watch a lot more Japanese stuff now than anything else and the crowd over there are completely different as you all know yeah. but every time yeah, I try yeah, to go yeah. back to watch American wrestling I'm instantly irritated by the crowd I think like the inflection point for me was they did have that NXT London show oh lord yes which like because it was like load of football kind of base chance and, and uh-huh. it being an English crowd it was like it kind of made the atmosphere good it made it and I enjoyed for that it. one show. But yeah, exactly, yeah, for that one show it was good. But then it seemed like all the other crowds kind of went, ah, oh, like that we works. can do that as well. And then it, yeah. it just it just it seemed to snowball after that. It kind of yeah. became more and more of a thing. And it's like, well, you don't have to do that anymore. No, it, it, it also became, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, it became less the wrestlers, you know, because like, you know, back in the 90s, you know, a lot, you know, the crowd were kind of doing chants on with the wrestlers all the time. Uh-huh. But it was kind of directed and flowed by the wrestlers based on what exactly, they were saying, you know. Exactly, exactly. Whereas was... now it seems to be the crowd forcing themselves onto the events in the ring, kind of regardless of what's going on yeah. in it. Which, you know, I understand the crowd gets bored, they're going to start, they're going to turn on the event, you know. Of course, that's always happened. I'm yeah, not, like I'm not the, saying um, that they shouldn't do that. Uh, the, uh, the beach ball thing a while ago. Yeah. With, uh, with Cesaro brilliantly oh, did by Cesaro, just tearing yeah, it in half. Oh, yeah. Just ripped it well, in half because why not? It's, what, I if I, hard, what I think's hard is like any wrestler who went out in the 90s, I reckon maybe 80% of that audience believed in what you were doing. Like, you know, maybe 80% is high, but the majority of the audience believed what you were doing was real. Hmm. Um, but then as it went on throughout time, now you're sitting in an audience, what you got? 10% of audience believe it's real? So they know it's all scripted and stuff. So that they kind of don't have the interest they just like I said they want to try and hijack the show from themselves and and stuff like that and even though a match is sometimes good or okay they'll just not clap it or they'll boo it or they'll mm-hmm. boo the face you know just just to yeah you know it's like it's changed hasn't it it's like yeah, yeah. I think back, back in the day they wouldn't do that no because back in the day they were actually reacting to what was happening in the yeah. ring if yeah. you were if you were chanting abuse at somebody it's because they were doing something in the ring or on their side or interfering that you didn't agree with whereas now it's people just chanting stupid stuff for the chest to go oh I said that on TV it's like yeah you're a tit 
Yeah, I think there's very few wrestlers like, you know, in the 90s, someone started a channel or something, you know, uh, like Austin or Rock or somebody would be able to kind of uh, redirect the crowd. Like um, uh, Chris Jericho in EW, when he kind of came out with Jack Hager and the crowd started seeing, started doing the We we the People chant. Mm. And like Jericho just stepped on it straight away and they've yeah. not done it since. This man right here, this giant behind me, you may think you know who he is, but his real name is Jake Hagar. And yeah, Jake Hagar, he's a former world champion, but more importantly, right here, right now, he is the toughest, most terrified, most crazy MMA fighter in the world today. Okay, hold on. Hey, hey, calm down for one second. Calm down for one second. We the people sucks and it's dead and buried. You know, he very quickly got rid of that, you know, by, by turning onto the crowd effectively. And I think he's one of the few people left who can do that to a crowd, who can guide them. Yeah. And that's... bend them to where they want. But I think most of the rest is that if that happened to like, you know, God bless Roman Reigns, but if that happened to him when he's in the middle of a promo, he's not gonna necessarily be able to move a crowd along to something else or redirect no, the crowd. If anything he'll make it worse. Yeah, the exactly. The worst thing ever, ever invented in wrestling, is my opinion is the what chant. Yeah. Mm, oh, it had its time in the sun, but now it's, it's now every week. Modes. Yeah, that's true. It's just... Whether it's, I, I know this is not the best example because it was like a crappy storyline, but Kane was trying to cut that promo on Katie Vick. Yes, it was a terrible storyline, but all you had was what? What? June it all. But that's just the example that springs to mind. There's other promos where they're trying to be good or serious or trying to get and it's just the crowd they're just like what yeah what? you know and it's the worst it's yeah i never liked it at the time i thought it was ridiculous at the time and i think even austin regrets is said on some somewhere that he, he didn't think it was the best idea looking back yeah but you kind of put that there at the start of this because that um, seemed to be when the battle was passed to the crowd from the wrestlers if that makes sense no that makes sense i think probably I, that was one of the moments yeah it's just and cm punk me, chance well, yeah, that's just... He's all other thing. Yeah, he's back. Um, he's doing backstage. Oh, wait, that got cancelled. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Never mind. But Oh, sorry, quickly. Has it been cancelled? Backstage, I think so. Yeah. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. Sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, that's news to me. Okay. Right. Yeah, it, was, it got cancelled a few weeks back. Oh, I, I didn't read it. No, that no, was interesting. That. Is that the Fox special? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, the Fox Sports one. Yeah. So. Uh, it means that Samoa Joe's at a bit of a loose end as well. Wow. With any luck, his contract's due up soon. can escape <laughs> if he wants to, of course. <laughs> well, I think I remember reading, not that she's a wrestler, but Renee Young's contract was up soon as well. Uh, she's getting the hell out. So I she'll be the hell out. <laughs> I wonder where she might end up going. Uh, Can't imagine for a second. I hope it doesn't start with an A. <laughs> it might be sort of on the road with her husband. That would make sense. So, yeah, it would make a lot of sense for them point, yeah. Yeah, but to me, it's just crowds in general. Just, they've changed and I, maybe it's just the grumpy old man in me, but I just don't, I don't like it. So, but Fair that's enough. that. I know people um, absolutely adore it. I know people adore 
what wrestling has become as far as being a spectator. But to me, I'm there to watch the people in the ring. I'm not there to make myself a spectacle. The spectacle yeah. is in front of you. It'll be interesting to see like once crowds are back to wrestling, if that continues. It'd probably be worse. Or, or this gap is enough to worse. shake it up. You'll get uh, every, everyone's had it pent up for the last sort of five, six months, and then we'll just be like, yeah. "Ma, we lose chat. This is awesome at something straight away." Oh, probably. Lord. That's a good. That's yeah. a that's an impact wrestling special. There'll be like one light arm bar at the start of a match, and it'll be just like, "This is awesome." <laughs> <laughs> this is wrestling. Yes, should I say, it is. Should well say really, should say the really crap uh, like chant. I cannot stand at local shows. Uh, you can't I, wrestle? I, yeah, exactly. You can't wrestle. Yeah. I just hate that one. Usually spoken by the most out-of-shape people in the room. Mm-hmm. And you're there going, um, really? You can't breathe by yourself, therefore. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> really? To be, to be fair, I think the great Collie starts out in his own matches. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well done, Al. I appreciate that. <laughs> But yeah, so that 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 that's that. So let's let's go on to the happy side of things. But what's the thing that you all like that people detest? I guess we'll start with uh, Phil. Yeah, I'll go. I think it kind of feeds in a little bit to what we talked about earlier. Is that the thing that I love that I think some people don't like? Well, like a large pit doesn't like is uh, I just love the daftness of wrestling. Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Like, um, it's gonna be hard for me to quantify this, so I'm gonna struggle with this one, but um, like, uh, the stadium stampede that AEW did. Like it was just daft and it was brilliant. Um, uh, Nick Jackson doing another one like suplex, Sammy Guevara, like the entire length of the football pitch. <laughs> you know, yeah. it makes yeah. no sense, but I thought it was brilliant. Um, Chris Jericho giving the, the, the Judas effect to the mascot mm. because he was just there. Like um, them throwing the, you know, um, uh, oh, what do you challenge to play uh, when the ref counted two and they went into the thing to check on the replay monitor and stuff. Like all that kind of daftness and kind of going back, um, like a lot of the kind of broken Matt Hardy stuff, like that's just daft, but it's brilliant. And you know, comedy stuff with Kurt Angle and Edge and Christian and stuff in the kind of you know, the attitude era. But I think like a lot of people seem to want wrestling to be a lot, you know, a lot more kind of po faced, a lot straight, a lot more serious. Um, but I've always feel like, you know, we're talking about with the Austin stuff, you know, that kind of suspension of disbelief. You know, you are watching two grown men having a pretend fight in a ring. So it's inherently daft. So I think I quite like it when things kind of lean into that. Um, Orange Cassidy recently, like, I've been loving the Orange Cassidy stuff in AEW. Um, like, that gimmick just shouldn't work. But because he's committing to it and properly going, kind of going for it, it's, it's just turned out to be actually quite really really good and I know like you know the, the kind of Jim Cornette to this world they will say like he's killing business it's not wrestling it's this and that but like wrestling can be so many things I, it doesn't need to be defined to just one thing and embracing that side of stuff you know 
I, I've got no problems with it at all because wrestling's always been daft. Yeah, I think wrestling is is probably one of the most accessible forms of art, if you want to call it that, that there is mm. out there. You've got a little bit of everything, and the thing is, there's that many different choices of wrestling you want to watch. You want to watch, you know, straight wrestling matches. You've got places like the NWA. You've got places like, you know, some places in Japan like that. But if you want to watch something mm. absolutely batshit crazy, you've got your Orange Cassidy. You've got DDT. You've got people. You've got companies running shows in like water parks, yeah. utilizing the slide. For example, <laughs> the one fairly recently of. Uh, a figure for a leg lock being held down going a kid's down the water slide, slide. Yeah. you know <laughs> that's to make me have to think about it there's that many different flavors of wrestling out there that you're going to find something that you'll enjoy that doesn't necessarily mean everyone else will enjoy it yeah but it's something you can enjoy you connect with and it's it's what makes wrestling fun for you that's that's the beauty you don't have to like yeah. everything it'd be boring if we all like the same yeah. thing Exactly, yeah, but there is like kind of part of the, the audience that's like, no, wrestling's got to be, you know, two barrel-chested men in the sportatorium yeah. in the 1980s, you know, knocking lumps out of each other. Yeah. And that's the only thing it can be. Well, no, it isn't. It can be, you know, it, it can be anything up mm. to a point. Um, I think the important thing is context. Yeah, I think um, con- context and consistency, like as long as the world you're presenting is, consist- is consistent, mm. then that's fine. You know, like going back to the Austin McMahon thing. Yeah, you know, Austin destroying property, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't make any sense if you think, you know, in, in, in the moment when you kind of break that moment down. But then, you know, wasn't like a year ago Austin got thrown off a, off the bridge by The Rock? Oh, yeah. You know, that's attempted murder. And that was captured on film. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody should be in prison, it's The Rock for, like, the people who saw off the roof. Um, but it's like... Well, you know, then- I think, I mean, Big Show got threw off a fucking massive roof. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And he, the problem there, though, is that he walked back into the stadium at the end of the show completely yeah, fine and no one referenced it. <laughs> like, he just walked back. No one was like, wait, how did he survive a th- like falling off a building? It's like, oh, the Big Show's uh-huh. back. Let's crack on with the match. Um, yeah, so I think as long as you're consistent with it, like, um, like a lot of the kind of Matt Hardy stuff, you know, the broken Matt Hardy stuff, probably outside of WWE more than anything else, but like that's always been presenting like, presented consistently, with, like what he can do in the ring and stuff. So that's completely fine to me. Like, you know, the whole stuff with like him teleporting around the ring. Oh no, it was holograms, wasn't it? That's what it was. It was Van- a fleet yeah. of Vanguard ones doing holograms. Like, I love that kind of stuff, but it kind of like, it just leans into the daftness of stuff. Yeah. That's what I really, I really enjoy it. But I think like there's a lot of, it's a, that's almost kind of like, um, I can't get the word like poison to a, a, like a part of the market. It's like no, I don't want that. I just want you know men in black tights, back trunks, yeah. just kind of knocking lumps out of each other. Which no, let's 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 have some fun with it, you know? because ah. the whole thing is inherently daft. So let's just embrace it when we have to. Exactly, exactly. And I think the Stadium Stampede match is based on a match that happened in DDT involving Minoru Suzuki and Sanshiro Takagi, and a lot of the spots in that match originated in that match. But the context of it made complete sense. Yeah. But if you were to present that match in the middle of a blood feud, it'd make no sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, but no, I, I completely get that. Like, I you wouldn't know. put, like, the way they presented John Moxley in AEW, you wouldn't put him in that match. No. Because it wouldn't make any sense. No. Like, but, but the kind of heightened characters, like the Inner Circle and the Elite and all that kind of stuff, they kind of fit into that kind of, that slightly surreal world, which, you know, you get in the Being the Elite show as well with uh, Matt Hardy explaining terms... There is wrestling terms with broken brilliance, which I don't know why it makes me laugh. But every time he pauses the universe, the, the sorry pauses the multiverse and comes in and explains what uh, how, what he is, 
It's just brilliant. I've got a lot of time for that show at the moment. All right. Mm. What about the rest of you guys? Um, does Al want to go now? Yeah. Okay. If you want me oh, to. It's uh, off yeah, his last yeah. one. Should we save Al to last? Just to be on the safe yeah, side. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this, one's, this one's not as good as me Austin ran, so I'll go in. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This isn't as good. If this is the bushwhackers, I'm hanging up. <laughs> well, I'll, see, I'll see you later, you in. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is a match. This is a match that I've seen get negative stars, right? <laughs> oh, God. Fairly crapped upon. But I watched this match as it happened, well, I'll say live, you know, maybe maybe a couple of days after on video. I, and I really liked it. I really, really liked this match. And it's kind of, it's exactly what Phil was saying before about wrestling doesn't have to be by the numbers, 60-minute, you know, uh, five-star matches and stuff like that. It can have stupidity in it. But some people don't like stupidity on wrestling. Okay, I, I, will, um, I will grant this does... Rate quite high on the stupidity scale. I can't wait to find uh, out what this is. I was going to say, anyone worked it out? Yeah, I don't think you will. It's, it's an no. obscure match. It, Punjabi it, prison. No, no, no. <laughs> WLC. It's WLC, isn't it? No, it, it's 1993. That's the F. Uh, oh, Lord. Oh, okay. Oh, Christ. Has it got um, crush in it? No. Oh, it's not Men um, on the Mission and the Doinks. In the Survivor that, Series, is it? That is exactly what it is, Phil. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, sorry, sorry, this is... Right, okay, let, let's put this in the context. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't believe I caught that. Uh, well yeah, done. What it was is Survivor Series 1993, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow's team consists of Bastian Berger and the Shrinkers. Oh, God, oh. I remember this. And then and then they were going up against Doink the Clown. Now, I, the t- I was never a big Doink fan. I can appreciate better now the Matt Bourne stuff as I'm older. Evil Doink was brilliant. Ni- back in 93, I couldn't appreciate it that much. I thought it was a bit silly. And then I hated it even more when the other guy played him and he was just a... A generic baby face would think. I couldn't stand that version of Doink in '94. I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. But um, it, as it happens, it, I didn't know what was coming because I didn't have a Sky at the time. I just watched the tape. Some, my friend taped it first, and I was watching it. I didn't know like some wrestlers on the call, like Adam Bomb. Never seen Adam Bomb before. Um, didn't know why Bret Hart was wrestling against these knights, and Shawn Michaels suddenly had a bunch of knights. No idea why, but anyway, I was watching it. Anyway, so yeah, it came to, and then I think the other weird match was the Rock and Roll Express against the Heavenly Bodies, which... Oh, Christ, yeah, that was out of nowhere, wasn't it? Another one. But anyway, um, I suddenly came across this Doink match, and it said against the four Doinks, and like I said, I wasn't a big Doink fan, and then um, it, it played Doink's, like, music at first. And um, and then it went into the Bushwagger scene. I remember sitting there thinking, oh, that's the Bushwagger theme. I just assumed it was some, another wrestler using the Bushwagger theme. I'm like, the Bushwagger theme. And then what happens? The Bushwaggers come out dressed as doinks. I now, forgot the Bushwaggers were in it. It's Bushwagger yeah. Doink and Bushwagger Bush, Bush Luke, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Bushwagger well, Doink Luke. I, I quite like the Bushwaggers. That's, that's, that, that, as we all know. That. I could have done them alone, to be fair. Um, oh, my. And, <laughs> and I remember, like, Oh, great. It's, I love the Bushwaggers. The Bushwaggers are fighting in the match. 
And then Men on the Mission came. I didn't know who Men on the Mission were. That was the first time I'd ever seen them. And yeah, they were they were dressed as clowns. Uh, and uh, as the match went on, they had lots of silly shenanigans, like um, the uh, one of the head shrinkers slipped on a banana peel to, to get pinned. Was it uh, one of the head shrinkers eating an entire like an entire khaki tur- uh, turkey yeah, carcass? Yeah, that, that Basti Boogers eating a turkey, and, and then Luna Vashon. That they're, they're like I think they're throwing buckets of. Um, like confetti, and then the last one had water in it, and the, the soaked Luna Vachon and stuff. And there's a pit during the match where uh, one of the pushfuckers gets the scooter, and he just starts scooting around the ring on it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 he's got a scooter. What is going on? This should be your favorite, McMahon. Food fight. What is going on? This is Animal House. I mean. And now that, that's Mo getting the attention of Bobby Fatu. Can't believe his eyes. The referee's given up. He don't have a chance. Oh my goodness. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, people have absolutely panned it, but I'm like, I think this is absolutely fantastic. You know, it's um, it's good entertainment, I thought. Like, Wasn't yes, there it's a not- bit in the match? Oh God, I'm trying to remember it. We're like, at one point, Bam Bam Bigger goes, no, we're going to have a match. And he starts taking it really seriously. <laughs> Knocked him right off his scooter. And the scooter. Whoa. Bam Bam means business. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that, that kind of ties into the storyline. You know, he's he's trying to, he's trying to, um, he's trying to take it seriously. Like, no, yeah. I'm going to beat you up because that's what I do. And they're like, yeah, it's like, Bush, um, is it uh, Mo Doink going around on the scooter or something? Or yeah, Mabel is, Doink? yeah, I thought it was a bushwhacker, but I think you're right. I do think it's more who's It's uh, just like, oh, God, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I thought I thought it was it was silly entertainment, but I was entertained. I mean, the match itself goes on less than ten minutes, so I don't think it can be that offensive. But but what I liked what I liked because like I said, I love the Bushwhackers, and um, they actually won a match. They actually. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I was <laughs> expecting them. I was expecting. No one got eliminated, did they? None of the dudes yeah. got eliminated. It I was thought a they'd be dropped a... out in seconds, but no, no, the Bushwhackers won a match, and that was. I can't do the maths properly in my head, but I think that was only the second time you've seen the Bushwaggers win on pay-per-view. <laughs> Sounds about right. When, when was the first? WrestleMania 5, I think. Wow. I've the one since WrestleMania 5. Um, <clears throat> was that against the Rougeos? Yes, yes, it was. It is. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, sorry, Royal Rumble 90. They had a rematch against the Rougeos at Royal Rumble 90, so maybe that was the last one. Yeah, I remember that. They hit him with the battering ram, didn't they? The Rougeos and pinned him. <laughs> all, all, the, all the Survivor Series... They've dropped out that. They were in 89, 90, 91. Um, they were supposed to be in 92, but they were substituted. But, like, they've dropped out of every single Survivor Series. And, and here they are. They've actually won the Survivor Series match. <laughs> the Bushwhackers. Um, and I thought they kind of tied in well to the storyline that at the end of the match, the Doink comes on the screen and starts teasing Bam Bam about, uh, you know, about these his mystery team and stuff, in I just thought the storyline was okay. I just don't know why people are so offended by it. But again, is it is it things taken out of time context? You know what I mean? Like probably there's like now it mightn't be. But watching it in '93, I thought it was perfectly acceptable. Maybe that's just me, but I but thought got, it was perfectly acceptable in '93. You've got men in the mission in the match, which is a negative tick straight away, <laughs> and you've got babyface doink in it as well. That's no, I no, think the kind of it wasn't in it. He was just he, yeah, but like, he's he like the, yes. 
Yeah. But like his kind of like persona is all over the match, the kind of babyface doink, when the evil doink was clearly the best doink. So I think it's like it's and those two, the like Miller Mission and Good Doink have got they're both like negatively looked back look, look, look down well, on. You've also got, you got Bushwaggers and Bastian Booger in the match, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of confluence of like not necessarily bad gimmicks, but yeah, yeah, bad gimmicks and things all in one match, which like yeah, like I think I'm sure I remember watching it at the time because isn't um Bobby Heenan still on commentary then? Ninety three? Yeah. So I mean that's enough to carry the match by itself. Heenan on commentary just you know, running them all down. Um but yeah, like I can I can probably understand like um you know, you enjoying a match that people like because we LC I mentioned just now. Like the, um, I watched that again this week because it was put onto the YouTube channel on the uh, the WWF YouTube channel, and that's a ridiculous match. Like it's stupid and borderline offensive, but the bumps that some of the guys taking it for that match is ridiculous. <coughs> and for that reason, I love it so much because they're just putting their full heart into this kind of stupid idea, and it comes out and makes it like an actually like an enjoyable match. Well, so well, I think I like the finish to the Survivor Series match because. Mabel pins Bam Bam, and then the rest of the team just pile on top. Yeah, that's the it. They just, just pile on, don't they? Just comes to three. There you go. <laughs> but I did. But, I just thought it was. I, I, I think. I think me fondness for the Bushwaggers is one of the reasons why yeah. I liked it so much as a kid. But um, I think there's like, like there's the contest work because like you know you can't have an entire card like that, can you? You can't do like a, a whole no, no, you can't, match like that. But like, it's kind of like you've got the serious. They're trying to do the serious Smoky Mountain wrestling, which I think a lot of WWE fans weren't too keen on. I know I wasn't. And um, mm. that was the match before, and then the main event was after. You had the um, the foreign fanatics against the All Americans. Uh, was oh, kind gosh, of the legal, wasn't thing. it? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of the yeah. serious thing. Hey, <clears throat> yeah. um, hey, I, 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 like I said, I really enjoyed it, uh, but I think it's mainly down to the Bushwhackers' involvement. Maybe if it was another team, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. But um, yeah, yeah you, you, wrestling doesn't have to be five star classics all the time. It can't just be be things like the hardcore division, for instance. That was garbage at times, but it was entertaining, wasn't it? It was fantastically entertaining a lot of times. Yeah, um, it's all watching Al Snow already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I see Al Snow in another car park, I just um, um, oh yeah. boy. It's how you build a wrestling, uh, like a baby card, isn't it? You've got to have different kind of matches for different kind of flavours mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, build up the entire thing, haven't you? You know, your kind of gritty technical match, your kind of lighthearted comedy match, your, you know, whatever kind of match. It's, it's, it's the, all those kind of threads how you build up a card, isn't it? And that's or- one big feeling of these WWE shows that have got a theme, like Hell in a Cell, for example. Why are the women in the Hell in a Cell match? There's no need for them to be there. You've just slapped them in there because it's this month. It has to be that kind of match. So yeah, I agree with that. again, but, it's context is a massive thing in professional wrestling. If that, if you get that right, you can yeah. put on whatever you want. But if you get that wrong, it's it's a disaster. Yeah. For like a cell match, like the feud has to warrant it to get to that point, oh, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like with yeah. the feud, right? It kind of builds like you know, um, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey back in NXT. You probably could have done like a, a cell match with them at the end of their feud. They would have oh, yeah. kind of built up so much. Yeah. At that point, it would have worked fine, but just crowbarring it, oh, it's this month, we've got to do a cell match. Nah, it's yeah, not going to work, is it? Exactly. I mean, yeah. the, we live in a year where we're going to have a fucking chairs match now. It's like, what the hell is this? <clears throat> <laughs> but anyway, I, I digress. Just a quick amendment. Um, Arthur Cox was the Newcastle manager, I was trying to think of. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> Thank the you assist- for the clarification, Al. It's very professional of you. The assistant manager at the time was Steve Clark, 
was well, the assistant manager at the time. So ah. he would have been like the kind of um, Pat Patterson or um, uh, Dean yeah. Briscoe kind yeah. of. Hang on, have the... we seen Hulit's nothing to do with this? No, Hulit's McMahon, isn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah. But he needs his lackeys, doesn't he? The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... Um... What are they called? They weren't lackeys, were they? They were the. Um... Stooges. Stooges, that's it. These are Stooges. Yeah, so Steve Clark could be Pat Patterson or Joe Briscoe to kind of come out and get a bump, take a stunner from Stone Cold Alan Shearer. <laughs> Give just me a YI. <laughs> that's just brilliant. That's this, episode, this episode has just gone sky high because of that alone. Yeah. <laughs> Stone Cold Alan Shearer. Get it Stone on the Alan t-shirts. Alan will be, what, it'll, it'll, it'll be happening. Get it on oh. progress and tees. Alan Shearer's oh. store. <laughs> oh god oh who's next um i don't know i'll go if you want yeah go for it go 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 so again this is just a personal thing for me this is a, a aspect of wrestling that i know people detest people write off as garbage wrestling people write off as why does this exist there's no need for it but the one thing in professional wrestling that I really enjoy, and I know for a fact a lot of people hate, is deathmatch wrestling. Ooh. Okay. Like the Mick Foley, Terry Funk things. Or... Yeah, that kind of that kind of level, just where deathmatch wrestling is in 2020. My ex- first exposure to deathmatch wrestling was on the long missed the wrestling channel, which was probably one of the greatest channels ever created on Sky. I think we could all agree. Every uh, period of time as well. Yeah, they they showed a wide variety of things, and one of the promotions they showed was Combat Zone Wrestling (CCW). And I think for me, that was the first time I got to witness Deathmatch Wrestling the way it was at the time, not just watching the IWA Japan King of the Deathmatch 1994, where you've got Terry Gordy rolling around in barbed wire for whatever reason at Kawasaki Stadium. But this is the first time I think I probably saw like panes of glass being used. I saw light tubes being used. And I, to teenage, teenage years, I was just like, the living hell is this this is insane (laughs) but at the same time it to me anyway it wasn't just two guys standing in the ring basically doing a rochambeau light tubes over and over again they could actually wrestle they actually had technical ability it just happened to be that there was barbed wire there was glass there was whatever involved and i think a lot of people miss that bit out that this isn't just we, Jimmy and Bobby for the pub having a fight at the back of the Sparrow Inn. And they just happen to have stumbled across a B&Q warehouse or something like that. Went, you know what? We'll <laughs> continue this in here. We'll continue in the B&Q. Off we yeah, go. We'll, we'll go into the B&Q. Well, that, that's but, the kind of brush it gets tied with, isn't it? It's the kind yeah. of two uncoordinated oaks battering each other with DIY equipment. And that that does exist. There are there is bad deathmatch wrestling out there. Believe me, I've seen it. I've seen some terrible deathmatch wrestling where it's literally just two fat white Americans hitting each other for no reason. I'm going to go back to Japan again. Big Japan is probably the best proponent of that style of wrestling in the world, in my opinion, anyway. 
but the people involved in that they can actually wrestle they actually can do fantastic technical wrestling it's just that they've chosen to integrate the weapons into it and it's not just a case of they're attacking the weapon zone because they can't actually wrestle the moves are almost sort of without the glass or whatever the move is still great but it, it lacks that impact that you might have and a lot of the times some of the stuff you see in clips or youtube clips it just looks absolutely insane but to get to that point where you've got perhaps let's say a couple of log cabins of light tubes set up on a table there's maybe been a whole 20 minute sequence to get to that point it's not mm. just right we'll just jump in the ring and build up like glass like lego and see how high we can get it before we put somebody through it there's actual psychology there's actual logic to what's going on again it's just they happen to have panes of glass or whatever it might be lego and thumbtacks whatever but to me i can connect to that because i can it's almost i guess i would like it it's kind of going back to the whole visceral nature of watching a gladiator for example you know they're getting hurt you know that they probably are not feeling so great right but i think it's just that whole thing of watching somebody fight through all that and get to the end and win especially if it's a wrestler that you're invested in or something that you really just want to see get their ass kicked if you get to see them get their ass kicked and see them suffer almost and see the, the hero at the end of the day come out they might be beaten up they might be bloody they might be you know whatever it might be to me it's just another added aspect of professional wrestling that makes it the fantastic art form that we all love to watch and i i can watch a completely technical match without a problem at all i, I love technical wrestling i can watch mm. that quite happily but at the same time i can also appreciate the well complete batshit craziness that can happen in big japan freedom ccw whatever it might be but it needs to have that context of the wrestlers need to be wrestlers and not just two fat overweight men if you get yeah. what i mean i know, yeah, I know a lot that. of people see it and write it off go oh, this is just fucking garbage etc but for people that can appreciate it and enjoy it it's a whole different world that is it's the same but it's very different yeah no i get that i think again yeah. it is this like um as long as it's kind of done like you say within the with the right build-up and the right done the right way like it can be as good as any of the match it's just yeah. they've got they're using different tools to get to that point than the you know, than somebody in Ring of Honor or whatever doing like uh-huh. a more kind of ground-based, map-based map, aren't they? So, Does it not suffer a little bit from the fact that obviously the, the logic that goes behind wrestling sometimes is if we make this match, for example, a no DQ and introduce weapons, that means we can cover up for some technical shortfall. Yeah. And maybe, maybe deathmatch wrestling carries that to what some people might see as a logical extreme yeah, if it's a death match, then the two guys mustn't be able to wrestle, so yeah, they're just covering that, up. That's definitely a stigma that that deathmatch wrestling has, and I think that stigma exists with plenty of evidence because it's been quite evident that you know if a guy can't wrestle as long as he can pick up like a two by four wrapped in barbed wire and twat somebody with it, or can I give some... an example? Yeah, go for it. Right. Well, let's remember WrestleMania 26, I think. Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon. Oh, and, Lord. And they were hoping that would cover the match, but sadly, nope. sadly, the fucking Goodyear Blimp couldn't cover that match. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish the Goodyear Blimp crashed into the fucking arena at that point in time. 
It was just one of the worst things. I mean, talk about things people love. I think unanimously everyone hates that match. I don't think there's many people out there who love I, that I, match. I don't think you could defend that match in <laughs> any it was, logical way. It was so bad and went on so long that I think it actually almost turned Vin's face. <laughs> because I started going I feel really sorry for him he's just well, getting, he getting shit kicked out of him well he was family wasn't he yeah. yeah including Bruce who has to get a shot in somewhere of course well, he does the guy's at 60 odd and he's getting beat up it's like if only Alan Shearer was here to save him we'll be- yeah <laughs> like da dun da dun oh god Stone Cold Alan Shearer's going to live for a long long time isn't he he's going to live for a long long time I hope he does. Well, he's bald now as well, so he shoots the gimmick. <laughs> it kind of works, yeah. <laughs> that makes the Photoshop even easier. He's got a number nine, uh, you know, uh, number nine jersey, not, not 316. They're just... Uh, Stone Cold 916 says, I just scored against your crappy goalkeeper. <laughs> no, Phil, no, come on. <laughs> That was just bad. That was just shoehorned. Yeah, it was. Really was. That's, that's what we're known for. That's the whole gimmick, isn't it? That's yeah, pretty point. much. Yeah. But uh, that, that's really it. I mean, I, I get people just see it and go, how the hell can you watch that? It's like watching a horror film. Well, yeah, why do people watch horror films? Yeah, yeah, it's, horror it's, films it's cathartic, yeah. isn't it? It's it's the same thing, kind of. I know it's yeah. that's actually happening as opposed to horror films not actually happening. It's happening in the context of a film that kind of thing but you know I could go on about this topic for ages but that's really the one thing to me that Mm. I really enjoy and I know a lot of people hate and write off as garbage hi Jim Cornette (laughs) yeah hi Jim you old fucking bastard (laughs) anyway so I think that leaves us with Mr. Phillips he does aye I kind of struggled with this side of it I wasn't sure what to pick or what, but and eventually I found I got, it hard as well to be honest because I, yeah, I, like, I, I just love I, wrestling so yeah <laughs> I exactly yeah, I was the same I was like kind of going, there's not much stuff that I really like that everyone else hates it tends to be so I think I'll probably kind of twist it a bit and say I like a particular wrestler that the uh, Vince McMahon and the other higher ups that did we seem to just hate um, before I came on to the podcast tonight, I watched his entire uh, WWF run, or WWE run rather, and it uh, took about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> right, let's see if we can guess who it was, because I watched right. the WWE run the other day, and that took, that was, that was you, two promos and two matches. You watched uh, who, sorry? Chronic. Chronic, okay, right, okay. Uh, I watched their WWE run with two promos and two matches, I think it was. Right. Uh, so you say you say a twenty minute run in WWE. Twenty minute run, probably about the same, probably about you know maybe more promos, but about the same amount of matches. Oh, okay. Ooh. I think I know who you're talking about. Are we? Is it somebody I would know? Can we talk a bit more modern? Um, it's not that modern. I can I take a guess? Go on then, Ewan. Are you talking about Mordecai? I'm talking about Mordecai. Hey. <laughs> Kevin Fertig, a.k.a. Mordecai, who I thought was bloody brilliant. (laughs) I really, really, really liked him as a character, and I thought, yeah, if you're going to go for the antithesis of The Undertaker, you know, 
darkness then they must have just sat there and just went well who could we have uh, I was about just a white version of the Undertaker okay and it's just <laughs> it's, which makes it sound like he's going to be crap and just laugh but you know and it's one of those gimmicks I think that could have been a crap in most people's hands but for the promos that he did Kevin Furtick's going for it I, like he's really shooting for the hills on this one I so, distinctly so, remember this his first match was Great American Bash wasn't it yeah because he debuted at Judgment Day Judgment Day 2004 oh. was the Scotty Too Hotty one. Oh, yeah. did, did he fight at the Bash as well that's the one I thought it was um, oh. I, I had a, and I had a match that I had him ahead he wrestled Bob Holly yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of thinking, right, he must have, what? And then I was just like, kind of going, he must do. I'm just reading on Wikipedia now, and there's no mention of it, uh, uh, Bob Holly. But yeah, I'm the same as you, Al. I had him totally down as Bob Holly. When I looked him up, I was like, kind of going, oh, right, Scotty too hotty. And then I thought, I must have got confused. <laughs> I distinctly remember the Mordecai teaser promos, and I remember at the time thinking, this looks quite good. Yeah. And then he came out at Judgment Day and he had the whole, like, full production. And it's like, okay, this guy seems legit. Yeah, but he did. Then... He fought Holly at American Bash 2004. Okay. Oh, there you go. Aye. I, I just thought, it, basically, he had his Judgment Day intro, he had his match at the Bash, and then he sort of just disappeared, but that was because he was sent back to OVW. <laughs> Yeah, I've got that there as well. Yeah, they, they, they gave him a gimmick and then they sent him away, uh, back again. Uh-huh. The training development. But it was kind of so obviously going to be kind of built up as a kind of foil for The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And we never actually got to see that. And I think it no. would have been bloody... I mean, you know, who knows what the match would have turned out like. I don't know. It but the actual build-up and the story probably would have been brilliant. I think it's one of, one of these feuds that would work better out the ring than in the ring. Yeah, pretty much. I was thinking, yeah, the actual match quality wouldn't have been great, uh-huh. but the build-up and the whole, like, visuals for it would have been amazing. Right. And let's face it, if you're going to give Undertaker someone at WrestleMania, you can't get much worse than Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> I would argue Great Cali, but never mind. Um, well, yeah, but that, that was They're both sides of the same coin, surely. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. As a no. side note, did anyone see on the Undertaker documentary, by the way, Vince McMahon's rib on the Undertaker? No. Which was that? This is one of the meeting in the office, and then they're discussing WrestleMania, and Vince just starts with, uh, Pat's been down to Argentina, and, uh, you know, remember uh, Gonzalez? Well, he's got a son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I don't think I watched that one yet. That's brilliant. Oh, <laughs> and Mark Calloway's just going, no, 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 no. Absolutely um, not. So it was just, yeah, it was just pretty funny. But yeah, anyway. Um, Brings him back from the guy, grave and turns into Becky Gonzalez. That's what happens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Wrestle um, Robocop. There you go. <laughs> like Robocop uh, too. A lot of just a very, very tall guy in a big tinfoil suit. Um, <laughs> with Still with the hairy bits, though. Um, yeah, Robocop 2 is the same film only with um, Giant Gonzalez instead of Kane and he goes into the robot suit boom done <laughs> sweet Jesus the <laughs> robot's got like first stuck on it strategically <laughs> oh, yeah. of course of course <laughs> Alan of course oh, goes without um, saying why am I just imagining like Ed 209 with wee pubes now that's just wrong <laughs> that's just all kinds of wrong Ed 209's Harvey Whippleman so it's got the, the beard and the medical bag 
and it just goes there roller go. cup, rah, 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 <laughs> roller cup, rah, rah. So, <laughs> yeah, before we go down another Robocop tangent, <laughs> Mordecai, was, Mordecai was brilliant. I have a question for you. When, oh, uh, when Mordecai returned from OVW as Kevin Thorne, what did you think? Just that that was boring. It was a kind of vampire, crappy vampire gimmick. You might as well, you know, I, I don't buy vampire gimmicks because it obviously just sat there and goes, "Oh, Twilight's popular. Let's stick him as a vampire." But what and, was it? What was it specifically about the Mordecai character? You could argue it's the same sort of no, but I think it was world just, thing. I think it was just the fact that it was kind of like a religious based um, gimmick. Okay, it was, it was, was cult leader sort of thing. Yeah, he was kind of cult leader, but damning the audience to hell, kind of preacher. Mm, Apparently, okay. he, said, he said in an interview his dad was like a, a kind of um, high up in the Catholic Church. Um, so he was like, you know, he took a lot of inspiration from his dad and, you know, the sort of Catholic ceremony and things like that, like mass and all that kind of stuff for it. And that comes across really well. Um, but, you know, he's like, this, you'd think that this kind of like religious wrestler going on about, you know, being guided by God or a God at the time would be like instantly, you know, yeehaw America, you know, on the Bible kind of thing. He'd be yeah. cheered, to, cheered to the hills, but it's, he, he just managed to flip it completely. He's like, you know, all the kind of like Hollywood thing of all the white that, you know, anyone dressed in white is the good guy. Didn't have that. Totally a heel. Um, anyone who, you know, devout religious, always going to be the good guy. Nope. Totally the heel. So he kind of defied a few of the expectations that you would normally have in that kind of effort. And as I say, it's the same with the Undertaker gimmick. In anyone else's hands, the Undertaker gimmick would have just been crap and just like laughed off within about a year. But because Mark Calloway utterly went for it, it became the character that we all know today. Mm. And Mordecai, I think, was the same. That, you know, they could have given that gimmick to anyone else and it maybe wouldn't have been like as convincing. Obviously, it didn't last long and whatever. They just lost all steam with it and just dumped it. But I think it could have just bombed even sooner had it not been... You know, for Kevin Furtick, obviously, going great guns with it. Mm. It's the commitment, isn't it? When you when you commit to a gimmick, I think that always yeah. sells it to the crowd and to the to the viewer. Yeah, totally. When you really feel it, it's kind of up there in for me as in gimmicks that I loved but then died pretty quickly. Like Wheel and Mercy, I really loved as a gimmick. Even back in like '94 or whenever it was, when Dan Spivey was uh, yeah. Wheel and Mercy, it was come at the ring and shaking folks' hands, and then as soon as the bell rang, he dropped the whole gentleman act and just battered someone senseless. And <laughs> the bell... the wrong person, that was the problem, because he was pretty much knackered when... Yeah, he... I was, yeah, they often yeah. say, yeah, Dan Spivey was pretty much carrying God knows how many injuries as soon as he signed, and then just couldn't go at the pace that they wanted him to, so they had to ditch the whole Wheel and Mercy thing. But there's a lot of, like, Wheel and Mercy in uh, Bray Wyatt now, so... Mm. Uh, but but yeah. it's like... Like if you talk about like like you know gimmicks that you really love didn't go any further like oh like how they didn't turn Damien Sandow into a top level heel I've got no idea at all because he just the the initial kind of brand uh, you know pink shorts um, big robe holding the microphone like a brandy glass Damien Sandow like that was just such a good his promos were brilliant his it was different heel work was fantastic yeah it was unique it was like an old school heel I suppose but like he did it so well and again he committed to it so much that it just carried it off so well. And well, the, uh, that, that could have been like a top-level heel, but then it just kind of 
petered out and then you know well, they could have went... turned him into a top level face as well because he, he threw everything into the uh, Mizdown gimmick didn't he oh totally uh, yeah that... they, he mm-hmm. could have got massively over them but they wouldn't let him go anywhere they just kept holding them back yeah there's a few times where like it just needed the, tr- the trigger pull he would have been massive like why why he didn't win the um, like when he won the money in the bank and he failed to cash it in on John Cena it's like that's a big failure because like that would have probably put mm. him over the top but yeah like you know there's probably loads of people out where it's like oh but like you, you know you love him and thought the gimmick was brilliant but it, like he just doesn't connect with you know, that person in charge and you know that's a dead pretty quickly isn't it yeah I, I they'll soon haul him off telly yeah, but I mean, yeah, about um, Damien Sandow, um, Aaron Stevens is in. Well, he's in NWA now, isn't he? And he's brilliant in that. Yeah, yeah. I think because he's been allowed to play that character, we we're just talking about the full, and it works in that NWA environment. It's a very old school, very classic dickhead yeah. heel and it works yeah. in that environment and that's why he's been allowed I think to go it was the night he appeared on an episode of NWA for a match against Ricky Starks mm, yeah, and yeah, took, yeah. Off, took off his gown and he was wearing flesh coloured gear yes <laughs> so it looked like at first glance that he was in the buff and it yep. was hilarious because the crowd were like whoa <laughs> just like sure, and he was just living up to it completely it was like yeah, yeah he, he wears like totally his skin tone exactly here <laughs> okay, it, it, when you commit to something it makes it so much better doesn't it when you're kind of fully into yeah. the into the gimmick and the role like yep. yeah. you know with Mordecai like you know anybody once you, once you fully commit to it I think that's half of getting over it it's just you just kind of fully leaning into it and going for it and then you, you, it helps you connect so but it was boy we both hate and love a lot of stuff, don't we? We can't have a winner out of that, can we? Like with the normal round no, tables. I think, I think <laughs> not really, no. I was going to say discussion one. Round this is the best. This is the best um, thing that we hate, and this is the best thing we love that everybody else. No, it's not going to work. Yeah, it should be the format of future round tables. This this the style works a lot better, I think. Just have a conversation. We don't yeah. have to pick the best. As long as we acknowledge that the Bushwhackers are the greatest tag team. And yep. we can just you see, us. you see, that's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be your problem. That's my but, problem. I'm talking about problems. Who's Fucking uh, Bushwhackers. Who's driving the Conquistadors bus? Next uh, time uh, round, I'm pretty sure it was Al. Al, I think yeah. it is. Oh, shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And Al, Al ended the last episode with an idea of what he was doing, but he wasn't oh, going to yeah. tell us. No, no, I have right. a funny feeling he's forgotten what that idea is. <laughs> I've just forgotten the year. So okay. Right, okay. Do Don't do a and give us the wrong year. No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I will, I, listen, I formally apologise for that at the time. I know you did. I still haven't forgotten. And we got a good show out of it. We talked about the, the um, what was it, Super Ninja, whatever, the Yeti, I think we it was. We talked about the wrong show. Sorry. <laughs> so the Yeti. The Yeti. The Yeti. <laughs> Oh no, I got it right first time. I've Googled it and got it right first time. That's okay. Right, I've went for WCW again. Yay! My goodness. WCW show. Yeah. Um, I've decided, I've kind of got a little gimmick almost by accident, so I'm going to stick to this gimmick. If this is some, (laughs) oh God, okay, go. I want to see what this is. Well, like, if you remember, I did the brawl for all once upon a time. Oh no. Burn it to myself. And then the last one I got to choose was a wrestling classic. I'm scared. 
Can you see where? I, can you see where I'm going with it? I think I know where you're going, Alan. I don't Weird like it. Pay-per-view mummy, events. mummy, hold me. <laughs> uh, no, it's not that bad. Oh, can I take a guess? <laughs> Go on, are, are, are we? Are we going to 1988? We are not, you and Noah. Oh. You weren't doing the bunkhouse stampede, were you? No. I was thinking that. Yeah. I what, guys? Just on an off note, I watched the main event the other day: a Steel Cage Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. Who on earth thought a steel kid would work? Probably Dusty Rhodes. Dusty yeah. Rhodes, come on. <laughs> it, it's like, surely. Well, the point is to throw him over the top rope. It's like, well, we got a steel cage now. Come on. <laughs> over the top steel cage? High. So you, you're like, you throw him out the door or you get him to the top of the cage and then gently knock them down because they don't want to take a big bump off the yeah. top of the cage. We'll, we'll, we'll pop the fuck out of in the category off. Should have had the more thought. <laughs> So, have you ever wondered, probably not, what would happen if wrestling in the World Cup clashed? Oh, okay. I think I've got a vague idea. You would get the Wrestling World Cup. Oh, my God. Yes, I remember this. Which is held at Starcade 95. 90, 90. 90? Oh. Yeah. Starcade 90. And yeah, you get the Wrestling World Cup. See the nations clash of USA, South Africa, Mexico, the UK, Japan, New Zealand, the Soviet Union, and Canada. Of course, I'm very disappointed. To me, there's only two great um, wrestlers to come out of New Zealand, but they are not in this tournament. Uh, This this show has 14 matches on it. (laughs) Uh, you know, like I said, this is going to be my gimmick. And, uh, <laughs> it also contains a Texas Lariat match. What the living hell is that? That this bodes well. I still need to do the work on the um, the comparison between the number of matches to oh the quality god. of the pay per view. Oh my god! So, so I still need to do work match, on that. Match seven on the card: Dan Spivey and Seth Vicious against the Big Cat and the Motor City Madman. Holy fuck! <laughs> No, it, it, it's a big cat in a Motor City Madman. Oh, sorry. Whatever. Yeah. They, the they, found, they found some guy on the motorway who keeps the tiger as a pet, and that's, that's who the fuck is. <laughs> this yeah. is going to be a good one. I can just oh, feel no, it on my bones. Little bit vicious power bombs that tiger. I'll tell you, that's oh. a good spot. The Z-Man's back. <laughs> Thank God. Oh my God! It's the it's the it's the main event. The black scorpion thing with Sting. The main event constitutes one of the most terrible angles ever in wrestling. That's that's, that's the main event as well. That's a cherry on the shit pie. Is um is the bruiser a special referee? Is the Arachna man in this anywhere? He's got to be in there, surely. No, I don't think so. He's been stamped on backstage. Wow. I've just got I've just got one sentence in the Wikipedia here, and it's it's just going to be a culmination of the whole thing. I think it's like then the Black Scorpion made his entrance through a thing Jim Ross described as a spaceship. <laughs> oh. So, so like, oh I've, yes, I've given give some good ammo yes. for the next uh, for the next one. I think. That this should be absolutely cracking. Al, I hate to say this right now, but this this might be making the lore top five of the <laughs> list. <laughs> well, it possibly is, but you know, I think it'll be an experience for us all. We'll give it a go. Never, we'll give it a go. I've Who knows? It might surprise us. It might surprise us. Al, you never disappoint with your choices. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. Starkey, nineteen ninety, collision course. 
I should uh, also say half the guys on the card are on that funny appearances, but there you go. I was going to say they're dead. They probably aren't, <laughs> honest. Probably. Oh, shame the next night. <laughs> okay. Wow. Then, okay. then I've got I've got a little alternate for us. Ooh, what? Oh, right. Hold oh, on. Not well, that exciting, but you know, like I said, this is the World Cup of Wrestling. Um, uh-huh. I don't want to be harsh, but it seems to be full of uh, jobbers. Uh, <laughs> so, a little challenge for us all separately to book our own World Cup of Wrestling. Ooh, Ooh. How many? Is it singles just or tag eight, teams? Just, just do the tag team eight brackets. So eight brackets. Thing, yeah, eight, okay, yeah, so eight, 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 eight teams. Teams, yeah, yeah. Just, okay. Just do that. Um, you can use anybody from any era sort of thing. A nice little fantasy thing of how you would book it oh. and which team would... You can use different countries if you want. You don't have to use the countries they've got. But, I like you know, this idea. Be, just, to, just to do one each, just have a little... A little so, well, like, like eight-team knockout? Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. So eight you tag can, teams. You can, yeah. use, you can indeed use kayfabe countries if you want in the sense of, like, Yokozuna fan and stuff like that. <laughs> What? So you could have the ultimate warrior in Papa Shango from Parts Unknown? Um, you know what? I would not rule that out in the slightest. Of course you wouldn't. The Shango Warriors. <laughs> Shango Warriors. The Wango no. the Wangos. No, the not that. careful. <laughs> exactly. Give the Warriors say that'd be it'd be amazing. Oh, can you imagine? Papa Warriors. Oh, when we Wango pour it off his face. <laughs> So join us us next time for the World Cup of Wrestling. Nice. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) Can can you? Maybe. (laughs) Can you wait? Because I think I I think I can. I think I can. Also, want to say that this gimmick was so successful. It is the only time they've done it. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was so stunning the first time round. They didn't want to waste an audience (laughs) on it again. Exactly. It, no, no, well, in fact, they thought four years was too long, yeah, too short. You know, every World Cup was four years. So I think they've decided to do it 40 years. So you just wait till 2030 where WCW hold the next um, next World Wrestling World Cup. That's some hella long-term booking plans there. <laughs> At some point, we'll sort out like what was the best one-time... Actually, I can look down, can't I? So the best kind of one-time pay-per-view gimmick. WWE December to this member. <laughs> I think it was award 92. No, they did that again, didn't they? They repeated guys, that. Guys, round table topic. That's that's one right there. Yes, yes, it is. I think for the single time they did the pay view, the wrestling classic at number 22, that's the top so far of the list. I quite enjoyed that as well. Because well, everything else so. they, they did more than once. Like Wrestle World 92 has got the, um, what's it called? The lottery. The lottery and the the three the double cage match thing. I got war games. War games. But they did that more than once, didn't they? So. Oh yeah, they had loads of war games matches. Yeah, some of them. So the only one that's happened, the only kind of pay view gimmick that's happened once is the WWF Classic in number twenty two. That's the highest one. Whoa, whoa! I think you're forgetting the bro from. That's that's dead last. <laughs> that is dead. Speaking of which, did anybody watch the uh, Dark Side of the Ring um, about the brawl for all? I did indeed. No. It's well worth your time. Oh, okay. Just like it basically just like starts talking about it, then it turns into like you know the blood feud between Jim Cornette and Vince Russo. (laughs) 
and how the nice. whole thing started because Vince Russo wanted to show GBL up. Yeah, because was it? Did it not? The entire thing not start because Bradshaw just went, "I could kick anyone in a legitimate fight in this locker room." Yeah, yeah. And Vince Russo was like, "Okay, then. Like, all right, then. Here we go." And then it turns into quite, quite the, the, the tragic story of Bart Gunn. Yeah, poor Bart. Yeah, so it's, it's well. I mean, all those shows are well worth your time, but that's a good one. That one. All right. right. Yeah, nice. Uh, killed the energy of the room, but yeah, there you go. There's a recommendation for you. Well, we've ended on Bart Gunn. So, what do you expect? <laughs> with his giant golden glove. Oh, you know, Jesus. We started tonight with Stone Cold Alan Shearer, and you've ended it with Bart Gunn. <laughs> Sorry, Stone I mean, Cold Alan Shearer. Come on. Oh God! Does that mean like if Rob Lee's his best pal, is that making Paul Bearer? End the show now. All right, Jesus! I thought why that was quite good. Not Paul Bearer. But yeah, yeah. Why, I was see. Why would he be Paul Bearer? Because like anyone, Adam was saying that Rob Lee was like his best pal, and I'm well, seeing that, that, that would be Jim Ross, would it not? Yeah, I was going to say it was Jim Ross. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, right we're sorting this out. Who's who's the uh, the Paul Bearer? Oh no. I'll, it's Undertaker. Undertaker's not in this plot. I've completely gone sideways, haven't I? For some reason, I've got uh, completely have, gone yeah. sideways with Undertaker's, yeah. don't know how I did that. Yeah, there's, there's that there's that rare scene of um, Steve Clark and Rude Hullard breaking breeze blocks on uh, Robert Lee's head. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that out. I'll make myself sound much better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you usually do. I do, yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's all my faux <laughs> wow, the ring is a mess. It, it looks like the table when Bastion Booger eats. <laughs>